Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome into this edition of the Opening Kickoff Podcast, an absolutely loaded show for you. We got Bill Bender of Sporting News previewing the college football season with us. Lindsey O.K. stops by as we discuss all the latest rumblings in the NFL heading into training camp and play Would You Rather training camp edition. I'm Dave Stonewaddle. Brandon Stevens is here. Peyton Gerard is with me. Peyton, it is nice to see you again. You come news out of the gate. From about a month ago, when we discussed the Mariners-Angels brawl with our buddy Dan Williams, we were curious where Mike Trout was during that fight. You yes. have reports that you know where Mike Trout was during I this. I saw incident. it. I saw it. I found it. So there is a YouTube account, which is actually really famous from the baseball realm, I guess. Called, I think it's out my butchers, John Boy Media, yeah. J-O-M. Dude, he did a break. He did his breakdown of it, and also I'll give hats off to the guy. I'm not a big baseball guy, but the way he goes through and like zooms in and figures out what people are saying to each other is incredible. I mean, like he said, it probably takes him like 14 hours to go like line, like second by second. So Mike Trout was running in from the outfield, and he was coming in, and this man got grabbed about probably. 30 feet from touching the infield. I mean, it was like, I don't even know who those guys were. It looked like secret service, but they grabbed him <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 no. And they're like, he wanted to be involved. Cause like it kind of started with him, but like, you know, I went back through it, Dave, I went back through it after watching it. I kind of feel like, like it's kind of the angels fault where this all started. Cause it apparently went back to the time they played previously and their player got pelted. So it seems like well, that's where this all started. And they were just getting even. And they were like, they didn't even hit Mike Trout. Like, you guys are just being like dicks about it. And that was literally like what they said. And he's like, fuck you. And he says, what? And he's like, fuck you, man. And that was literally like it. So I'm it. on the Mariners side. And Mike Trout was never even touching the infield. And Sean Atani, like, again, he was just getting like, again, he was closer. So his secret service came out way later, but he was there, he was trying to get in the brawl. Yeah. Couldn't get there. Yeah, no, those are precious jewels, man. You're not letting anybody, you know, anybody touch the two of them. Well, let me yeah. let me ask this question. We'll, a very brief baseball discussion. We'll have a whole trade deadline recap for you next week with we are a week away, but two pieces of information in regards to that. Let's start with the Angels. The rumblings that they are listening, teams are calling about Shohei Otani. I mean, the Angels are an absolute <laughs> – Peyton is doing something with his knee right now. It is very distracting. Um, <laughs> Don't worry about that. The Angels are on a really bad path, probably going to set a franchise record in losses this year. Yep. Brandon, if you're the Angels, would you consider trading Shohei Otani? Um, 
I think it's too early, man. I think it's too early. Like, yeah, if you aren't committed to it's hard for me to say where I think the Angels are as a franchise, right? Like what direction that they want to go in, what are they committed to? Because, I mean, they've had the same issues for at least six seasons now, right? And they, they've they done very little to nothing to try to remedy those those issues. So I'm I'm curious if I knew where the Angels wanted to be as a franchise, then I would be able to answer that question, but I have no clue. So I, I I really don't know. I I, I think it's just early because he hasn't really been there that long. Um, but if you're not gonna do anything with the guy, if you know, if you're just gonna have him sitting there like you've had Trout for the last decade, you might as well just ship him off. And you could I own thirty of the top one hundred prospects, <laughs> thirty of the top one hundred prospects. If you get rid of both of them, I think you go one more year before I would actually entertain any trade offers for Shohei Otani. Say whatever you want. I mean, the team was first place in the AL West for the first month and a half. Mm-hmm. Wheels fell off in the losing streak. Like, I, I would go one more year. And if you're this bad next year, then I think we need to have a serious conversation about, okay, this isn't working. So if it isn't working, we now need to make a move to try and fix it. And you're not trading Trout. No. I mean, good Lord. Trading Trout would be like the Patriots at the height of Tom Brady's popularity trading him. So that's not going to happen. They Maybe, should, though. Well, they should for Trout's sake. Because I think Trout will have a harder argument for the Hall of Fame if he stays on the Angels his entire career because – there won't be the postseason success. The numbers will be great, but he won't have postseason success. He won't have that exposure to where a lot of guys will make their decisions and say, yeah, this guy's a Hall of Famer. He won't have that if he stays in Los Angeles. Peyton, yeah. are you a trade or no trade show head? Just keep him. I mean, you, I mean, why, what, what's it really going to do? Like, okay, you're going to trade him now. Like, his value will probably be the same, if not better, when it come this time next year, like the off season, right? Like, right. I mean, you're not gonna. You're, are they gonna win the fucking World Series trading him away this year? No. Like, what's the point of that? Like, oh, the future. Like, you guys are the dumbest like front office in the world because you can't figure it out with the best baseball player. Yeah. Like, do you think you're gonna fucking magically figure out? You know what? We got this one, guys. I know what we're gonna do. I know exactly what we're going to do. We're just going to get draft picks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're going to, like, fuck it up. Like, the Angels are just, like, terribly run. Mike Trout, for the billionth time, please just leave. I don't know how you can. Just get out of there, man. Like, do yourself a favor. No one in the Angels will even blame you, except the front office. But they haven't done anything that's in your best interest. So, do something in yours. Just get out of there. Yeah. Tony, you should try to do the same, too, honestly. But, you know. It's just it's crazy, man. Because it's like I don't understand how you just how you be that bad. Yeah, and you've got these two guys that are like arguably the greatest people to ever pick up a a, a bat or a glove, like whatever. And you've done nothing. You've done nothing. You've had one guy there who is, has been the biggest player in the sport for the last decade, and nobody cares. No one cares. Not now you soul. got another guy 
who is going to be the biggest guy in the sport for the next decade and is arguably more popular than any other one, right? Like we could, we could talk about it. I hear Shohei's name more than I hear Trout. That's a fact. Well, I will tell you, I will tell you, I went to one of the angels Oriole games when the angels came to town and it was a sea of Otani fans. I mean, I'm sure that there were people that traveled from maybe across the country, maybe from across the world to Baltimore to see Otani play. Yeah. I mean, that's how big of a cultural phenomenon he has become. And I mean, Otani, just because of where he is in terms of his contract, is the one that'll first. So. It could be next year. I think if you're the Angels, you got to try to go one more year and see if you can make it work. But you got a guy that's a two-way player, and you're wasting his best years in a franchise like you said, Peyton, that isn't going anywhere. That's a that's just not a good look. We're going to take a break. We have an absolutely loaded show. Bill Benner on the other side of this break will break down all things college football. We'll preview the season, get his thoughts on the realignment we had. Uh, Shahan Jararaja of CBS Sports on last week. We'll get some of Bill's thoughts. And then we'll actually preview the games on the field. And then Lindsey OK as training camp gets underway here on the opening uh, with the season getting fastly approaching. So with that being said, it is time for a commercial break. And we will be back on the other side of this after a word from our sponsor, Drizzly. With Drizzly, I can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and liquor. I just open the app, find what I want, and it's at my door in under 60 minutes. Drizzly also lets me shop from multiple stores in my area and compare prices on thousands of products. Ding dong, Drizzly. Welcome back to the opening kickoff podcast. Dave Steinwittle here with you. College football, we are a month away from the time that this show will drop to when the college football season Gets underway, so we figured then who better to have to help us preview all things college football than our friend from Sporting News, National College Football writer and NFL writer, Bill Bender. Bill, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. No problem. We're always glad to talk with you. Got a lot to talk about, but we got to first start with talk about all the realignment stuff. And I I first want to get your stance. On all the realigning that we're seeing in the conferences right now, how do you feel about it as a college football guy? Well, I mean, it's it's part of the game, right? It's um, one of those things that it's part of the next evolution of college football. There's obviously been a lot of realignment. A lot of things have changed um, in the last couple of years. I think that was predicated on Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC and the corresponding counterpunch of the Big Ten adding USC and UCLA. These are monstrous mega moves that um, obviously continue to, you know, shape the way that we're going. I think it is headed towards super conference model, but I don't know if um, it's one of those deals where how long it takes is the big question. Yeah, we had Shahan Jararaja from CBS Sports on last week. He kind of figured 2036 when the ACC deal is up is when this kind of gets into the wild, wild west. But I'm with you. I think the super conference thing is where really college football should get to. And I've been a big proponent of let's go to the super conferences. Hell, expand the playoffs if you want to. I think that's what everybody wants, expand the playoffs. But those teams in the super conferences have to play each other. 
No more the Alabama playing Chattanooga. No more Towson going to Ohio State for a week three game. They do away with that, and everybody has to play everybody. I've been making this pitch bill to everybody. So what? how do you feel about my pitch for college football? Well, you know, I, I like it. I, I think the thing about the super conferences is it's going to create it's going to create new aged rivalries. I mean, and if we accept that the old school way of college football is kind of out the window, right? Nebraska, Oklahoma is no longer a thing, although this year's matchup will create some nostalgia. I, I do think the super conference will create better regular season matchups, the possibility for a 10 game conference schedule, which, um, obviously was being hinted at this week um, and uh, by Greg Sankey and, and a better playoff, one that there's no debate about who the national championship is. I always tell people that want to go back to the 90s and have nostalgia for college football and those kind of things that um, it, it took us, you know, the 90s had four split national championships, four of them, four, four years, three for sure, and then one that I kind of count that was Nebraska and Penn State. So if you want to go back to that, that's fine. But I think you'll create a playoff that will have a true national championship when all is said and done. Transitioning to this season, do you think that all the realignment talk and all the changing of conferences, does that put a damper on this season? Um. No, because once we get on the field, that's all we're going to talk about is the games, right? We'll get back to a point where – the games matter. The games are exciting. The games will be what what we want to talk about. And, and I think that's coming next. So um, I'm looking forward to that when that happens, where we have the game starting right off the bat. September's really good, Dave. You know, I, I think we forgot with all this realignment and talk and all, all everything that came around it. Week one's really good. You got Ohio State and Notre Dame. You got Georgia and Oregon playing. You got a bunch of new coaches in new places that are huge jobs like USC and LSU and, and Oklahoma. And um, I, I think it's going to be a wonderful season. So once the games start, I think we take a break from all the realignment talk. It gets pushed aside and, and they'll get back to it when they, they get another chance to do it. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. And you're absolutely right. I mean, you can just scroll through week one and I'm looking right now. I mean, you've got even sleeper games like Florida playing Utah is a really sneaky game. Cincinnati plays Arkansas. I mean, there's a lot of really great college football week one. Let's talk about USC. You mentioned them. Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams will be their first go around here in Southern California. What realistically do you think the expectations for USC are? And what do you think everybody else's expectations of USC will be? Well, I think, you know, obviously there's going to be um, – it's it's going to be one of those seasons where they're going to have an immense amount of skill position talent. And that's painfully obvious when you have Caleb Williams and Travis Dye, Mario Williams and Jordan Addison. That's as good a skill, skill position group as anybody in the country. And I think they're going to score a ton of points. And Lincoln Riley, you know, he coached two Heisman Trophy winners at Oklahoma in um, Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. So Obviously, I think if that continues and you look at the, the trends that are going there, I, I think they'll be pretty good. Do I think they're better than Utah? I'm not sure. I mean, because Utah's got a step ahead in the trenches, had a really good team that won the Pac-12. They're going to have a good good games with Oregon. But USC, they might not 
win the Pac-12, but more people are going to pay attention to them than they have since the Pete Carroll era. And that's good for college football. That's one of those you're pulling another region of the country and another established power. And not to mention that some people aren't real wild about the way that Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma for USC. So, you know, you look at their schedule, they've got really good games and they cap the season with a big matchup at Notre Dame. And everybody, I, I absolutely always love end of the year, Notre Dame, USC. It was always one of those games you circle like, all right, I'm sitting down and I'm watching this game whenever it's on now. Of course, last two years, maybe not so much you wanted to watch USC. So you talk about the Pac-12 and take all the realignment stuff out of it. We talked about USC. Realistically, who gives them the best chance to make the college football playoff this year? You mentioned Oregon. You mentioned Utah. Are either of those legitimate college football playoff teams in your eyes? I think Utah more so than Oregon in some ways because Utah has the same coach back, the same quarterback in Cam Rising, a strong running game, two running backs. You saw them compete with Ohio State in the Rose Bowl and uh, the depth they have on the offensive and defensive lines. And they got an easier opener, quite frankly, and it's not easy. They're still going to Florida. They're going to the Swamp. Oregon has to play Georgia on a neutral site with a, also with a new coach. So I think Utah, who has been in this conversation before, has sniffed playoff berths and has been close with Pac-12 championships this is their year to be kind of that crasher. If, if they can get that first win and, and go on and continue to maybe bust through and win another Pac-12 championship. Yeah, I, I'm a big Utah guy mainly because I love defense. So if you can play a little ounce of defense in college football, I absolutely love it. Not saying I don't like, don't get me wrong, I like 40 to 38 shootouts, but I like a little defense every now and then. So Utah has always been a like a man, a crush of mine. I would say it's been a crush of mine with the way they play football. Right. You know, and, and I think um, that they've, they've been close. They, they've been itching to break through. And I think they've got a team that will have a chance to do that. And if they, but again, the Pac-12 hasn't had a uh, playoff team since what, I believe it's, it's 2016. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see if they uh, get through and break through and finally get through there. You talk about, and we're jumping all around here, but you bring up the first-year coaches, and there's a lot of them, and we'll talk about Brent Venables in Oklahoma here in a minute, but who's the one coach did you think right now that took a new job that's in the best position to win right away? Oh, boy. Man, you're bringing the heat. Um, (laughs) Well, so we talked about Lincoln Riley, right? And we talked about – we haven't talked about Brian Kelly. I'm a little bit higher on that move than some people I talk to that aren't, like, wild about it in some ways. Um, you know, I, I think it, it's definitely those two. Um, and then – but the one that I think has been undervalued a little bit is Brent Venables at Oklahoma, a guy that um, obviously, uh, you know – Big time experience at Clemson as a defensive coach comes to a place where he's familiar with people are off Oklahoma a little bit because of the way Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler transferred. They still have Dylan Gabriel. They still have a loaded supporting cast around him at the skill positions with guys like Marvin Mims, who I think we forget how good he could be. And, and Venables should help their defense, not to mention Oklahoma typically has more talent than everybody else in the big 12 on a year to year basis. So I think he's definitely a guy uh, and a school to watch this year 
in, in the Big 12 that could be – I mean, we've seen them make the playoff four times. It wouldn't be all that shocking to me if they did it again with Brent Venables. Yeah, I, Brent Venables would probably be my safe bet. If I have to go out on a limb, Mario Cristobal at Miami, and maybe I'm falling into buying into the Miami hype, but you have Van Dyke at quarterback. There's still a very talented roster there. I think just the way Manny Diaz and some of the things towards the end didn't work. But I think Mario Cristobal, considering you look at the ACC and Clemson's got a lot of questions whether they're going to bounce back. Wake Forest will be there. But I think Miami has to think the ACC is very obtainable. So Mario Cristobal, to me, feels like an interesting one in terms of he can hit the ground running pretty quickly and have success. Yeah, um, he, he does. And they've got a good quarterback this year in Tyler Van Dyke. They've got a fan base that's been yearning to get back. I, you know, I always tell people with the U, I say, you know, what, what are the expectations? It can't be what we watched in the 80s and the late 90s. You can't expect that overnight with that team that was just laced with NFL talent. And you talk to, you know, I sit and tell people, I was like, do we realize at one time they had Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, and Santana Moss in the same position group and the absurdity of some of those teams. But I think Mario understands what it takes to get there to that point and, and even something close to that point. And they're going to be good. Now, as far as expectations, what you should look for at Miami, you got to start with an ACC championship. It's mind-boggling in some ways that they haven't won an ACC championship. And once they break through and do that, I think it's something that you would look at and think, okay, th this is a team that can actually achieve something more and compete for a national championship. But Mario Cristobal did a fantastic job at Oregon, got out at the right time. One of those guys that's going to pour everything into his alma mater, and it may work and it may not. but uh, I like his chances. Let's stay in the ACC and let's keep talking about a couple other teams there. Let's talk about Clemson. I mean, by a very disappointing year last year, DJ Uwe Angalale didn't really take the step that I think everybody in the country thought he would. Everybody's kind of back. I feel like back on the Clemson bandwagon. Where do you stand with Clemson? I like their bounce back appeal. I like the defense. I like uh... – you know, when you have like three or four first-round picks on that side of the ball, whether it's Brian Bercy, Miles Murphy, um, Trenton Simpson, a couple other guys, uh, it's going to come down to you, Ungalele, and that, and that offense, can they get going again? They had an elite defense last year. They had a defense that pushed Georgia for four quarters. You know, it's not like that was a blowout. Uh, it was because their offense couldn't get going. And if they get that offense going, they could burn through the ACC, get back to the playoff. I, I they're one of those teams I, I do think will bounce back. And if it's not Uangalele, they've got a freshman, five-star freshman behind him and Cade Klubnik. And we've seen Dabo go to that before. I mean, when he had Kelly Bryant and he, things weren't going right, and Kelly Bryant had started in a sugar bowl, and he put Trevor Lawrence in. So if that freshman's ready and, and DJU struggles, I would be surprised if it happens. Yeah, I, he's he's so polarizing, DJ Uangalele, because – Another one of those guys had all the hype, didn't live up to it. But when you look at the quarterback position, he has every tool that you want in the toolbox. But I think you, the comparison you just made, I think, is out, is really good. Because I think there is a little bit of that Kelly Bryant in DJ Uyunglele, where big, strong kid, but the passing game, the offense just never took off. So I, I'm with you. I could see a scenario where it's a Kelly Bryant 2.0. But I, I'm, I, I think DJ's got a little bit more in terms of 
attributes that will take them back to the ACC. And I think Clemson, Miami, if you're an ACC commissioner, you're drooling at the possibility of that as your championship game. For sure. And I mean, that's, that's the one they got a couple of years ago and it wasn't, didn't take very long. Unfortunately, that was one where uh, Clemson blew them out, but a competitive, competitive ball game, competitive ACC championship, having Miami being legit, having Florida state be legit. That, that is what the conference is looking for. So I think definitely, um, you know, one of those deals where we'll, we'll see what happens, but that's certainly something that they need those schools to be good and they need Florida state to be good. Quite honestly, they need Florida state to quit fumbling around with what they've been doing for the last five years. Let's talk about the big 12. We touched on Oklahoma already. I got to ask the standard Texas question is Texas back. Well, you know, I think Texas is, is working toward getting back is working towards, um, you know, they're, they're definitely exciting. The, you're seeing the Arch Manning effect on recruiting. Um, you're seeing that Quinn Ewers in this offense is, is generating a lot of hype as a team that's going to score a ton of points. You're seeing that, um, that they're going to have to be better on the defensive side of the ball. That Alabama game is going to draw huge ratings this year. I think the best is yet to come for Texas. I never say they're back. I, I say they'll be, they'll be able to compete. And it wouldn't surprise me if they won the Big 12, but it was going to come with a few bruises. I mean, obviously, the Alabama game, I think they could lose one or two in a very competitive Big 12 and still win the conference. But I still like Oklahoma a little bit better, as I said earlier. But Texas is definitely going to be fun to watch, especially when they get Arch next year. That's Well, and that's the big thing is can you keep the excitement up for a year when you don't have Arch Manning and then everybody's going to want to watch you when – a disciple of the Manning family comes to town. So how much fun was it watching the Arch Manning situation play out for you? Um, you know, it was great. It was, you know, I, I, I like the Mannings. I shouldn't like Eli because I'm a Packers fan and he's stolen two <laughs> rings off my team's finger, but you know, I've always enjoyed watching the Mannings. I think they're highly entertaining. Um, all the way back. I've talked to Arch Archie a few times and they're just they're the Royal family of football. So for them to have somebody else come off of that and, you know, now you got people nitpicking at Arch's high school highlights about the competition he's playing and those kind of things. He's still Arch Manning. He's still going to be really good. He's still going to be a guy that I think moves the needle the second he steps on campus, much like Archie did in the sixties and then Peyton and Eli. And, And one thing to remember, none of those guys started as freshmen. So there's this, scenario that could happen where Quinn Ewers starts and continues to start when Arch gets there and they, you know, do some sort of timeshare and then you go from there, but anything's possible. Or it could just be that Quinn Ewers transfers when Arch gets there and like, like every other quarterback that isn't starting ends up transferring and getting in the portal. (laughs) Which is what happens nowadays in college football. Oh, I lost my job. All right. See ya. I'm out. Right. I'm going to go to the next spot where I have a chance. And then if I don't get it there, I'll transfer again. I'm a, I, I coach football. So I look at that a little cynically, the whole transfer portal, but that we could spend 10 minutes on that. I don't really want to, unless you do. Um, no, I mean, you know, it's when you have, I think we did a story earlier this spring and I don't know if it's changed that there's at least 21 power five programs that could be starting a transfer quarterback this year, a first year, not a second year transfer, a first year transfer quarterback. 
you know, whether it ranges from Michael Penix to Caleb Williams to Spencer Rattler and everything in between. And, you know, that's something that the old school people hate, obviously, because it's hard to keep a quarterback on campus. But then again, you're dealing with these guys got a three or four year window. So they got to play somewhere. And um, all of those things are at work. So I, I think um, it'll be interesting to see what how that goes. But, um, you know, it, it's it's a trend that I, I I can say I don't like it, but it doesn't matter because I think it's here to stay. Oh, yeah, so do I. I, I can make my jokes and my quips at it all I want. It, it, it's here. It's the fact of life. It's free agency for college sports is what it's become. Just And now with the NILs, now it really is a little bit like free agency because kids might choose to go to a Texas A&M over in Alabama because Texas A&M's got an NIL deal waiting for you where Alabama might not have that NIL deal waiting for you. Which brings me to the SEC, Bill. I had to bring that up. Alabama, Georgia, I think we all agree on the class of the SEC. Who's going to challenge those two schools? Well, it's wide open in both divisions for that second-place spot. I mean, in the SEC East, whether it's Kentucky, who's kind of on stable ground, Florida's a little bit of a wild card with Billy Napier. I like Tennessee. I know I don't – I'm not saying I like Tennessee to, like, beat Georgia and Alabama, but I like Tennessee to compete to be that second-place team because of Hendon Hooker and what he brings. But and you could stretch it down to South Carolina and Shane Beamer coming off a big year. And then in the West, I, I, there's going to be a lot of attention on Texas A&M, especially after the offseason back and forth with Nick Saban. They're going to have a good team. I think Ole Miss is going to be pretty good, depending on how all those transfers pan out. And Arkansas. Arkansas would be my equivalent to Tennessee in the West because they have K.J. Jefferson. They have a loaded roster. Uh, they're going to be pretty good. So I, uh, I would say Arkansas and Tennessee sleepers, Texas A&M could challenge. But the right answers at the end of the test are still Georgia and uh, Alabama. I think they could meet once, maybe twice again, which isn't going to excite viewership outside of the deep South, but that, that's the way it could go. Yeah. It, hard for, it's hard for you to sit there and go, okay, well, they can definitely beat Alabama and Georgia. Like that, you, that's a very hard case to make for any of those teams. Are you dying to see Texas A&M Alabama, or do you think it's, what everybody's expectation of that game will be may not may may not match up to what the game actually is. Well, I mean, no, because any the Georgia Alabama game, right? Like last year, how could I, the championship game maybe not great? But I remember when the SEC championship came on, and five minutes in, I was texting some of my best friends, and I was like, "Are you watching this?" These guys are so fast. This is the best football I've seen all year because it looked like an NFL game. And I think it could look like an NFL game again. So I'm not as worried about it. And But I think – and I, I'm sorry, I don't know what part of the country you live in, but Big Ten country wasn't real interested in that game, right? <laughs> right. They weren't. They just – all my buddies weren't well, – they were like, I, I don't really care about Georgia and Alabama. And even and the, the great irony is, of that is they were playing in a – frosty Indianapolis that weekend so I <laughs> I think when you call college football a regional game these days it's kind of tough for me to swallow because yeah it's a regional game being dominated by one region right now I live in the east coast and like unless you're a diehard college football fan up here and I'm a diehard football fan so I watched it but I mean unless you were the diehard college football fan you're like all right I'll watch but it's not the sort of thing where I'm like, 
glued to the TV, hanging on every play sort of thing. But I like when Alabama and Georgia play for exactly what you said. The game is as close to the NFL as you're going to get in college football because they're loaded with prospects. I mean, that Georgia defense alone last year had at least five guys go in the first three rounds. And Alabama, just the same. Yeah, and and that's what I like. I mean, in terms of that, and if Jamison Williams doesn't get hurt in the second quarter, that might have been a different game. It, it was on the edge of your seat in the first half, then it got a little dicey, and then obviously he got hurt, and Bryce Young was thrown to a bunch of inexperienced receivers. So it, it's, you know, this is the way of the game. It's those two. It's Ohio State. Um, Ohio State's absolutely loaded again. And, uh, you know, you're looking for a fourth. It's kind of like a card table where you're looking for that fourth player. Yeah, so obviously you just answered the next question I had. Can Michigan repeat in the Big Ten? I mean, they can. They're going to be better than people think, especially on the offensive side. When I look at their offensive line, Blake Blake Horm, Donovan Edwards, Ronnie Bell's back at receiver. That's probably the one position group where they, they could have used a little more firepower. And their quarterbacks are good. I mean, their offense is going to be really good. They've got to replace some production on defense, and obviously losing both coordinators isn't easy. But their first month of their schedule, it, it, they'll be fine. And, and I think they can get to Columbus with a 10-1 and record and, and set up another winner-take-all showdown with the Buckeyes. The problem with that is they haven't won in Columbus since 2000. It's really quite a remarkable skid um when you think that drew henson was the last michigan quarterback to win at ohio state but last year showed that and they were heavy underdogs in that game too and they ran it down ohio state's throat for four quarters so i I think that's exactly what this rivalry needed i think there'll be some fireworks ohio state will be plenty motivated to win that game but um i mean they can i I, they're still the best bet to challenge the buckeyes who are going to be ridiculous on the offensive side of the ball all right, so let's let's ask this question. You've already pretty much mentioned Alabama, Georgia. What would be your college football playoff for if you were sitting down right now? Uh, you know, we we it's boring. You know, people say, "Oh, way to go out on a limb." Well, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson. It's the easiest answer because I mean, Clemson I think is going to win the ACC. It's hard for me seeing Ohio State lose. I think the Big Twelve there'll be some cannibalism. I think USC will get close but they're, they'll be susceptible to that road loss that you, you think you don't see coming, and then it makes sense when it happens. And I think Alabama and Georgia will do the same thing they did last year, where it'll be clearly the two best teams in the country for most of the year. So I think you're going to get a boring playoff, and I think that's going to contribute to the next cycle of offseason conversations when if they're not more – kind of jockeying around in the realignment cycle, then the push will be we need a better playoff because you're getting the same teams in this four-team playoff every year. All right, I'll get you out of here on this. Final question, which matchup are you really excited to see this year? And it can be conference or non-conference game. Oh, Ohio State, Notre Dame, no doubt. Like right out of the go. It's right in my backyard. Um, I'm a Catholic school kid that, you know, grew up in Ohio and had have friends and groomsmen and, and relatives of, on both sides of this rivalry. It's going to be awesome to see that in prime time. They've only played four times in my lifetime and twice in the regular season. So it's going to be a special night in Columbus. I think, especially with the Marcus Freeman angle, Notre Dame's pretty good. 
Um, even in the town I live in, there's a, the, the styles brothers, there's a five-star freshman for Ohio state and a five-star receiver for Notre Dame that, that are going to be playing against each other. It's a, it's going to be a remarkable weekend. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. And, uh, uh, it'll be fun to be in the press box for that one, no doubt. I was going to say, are you, you're going to that game, I would assume. Oh, no question. I'll be there <laughs> for that one. And uh, it, it'll be one of those. I, I mean, that's a circle to match up, just like Alabama A&M, High State Michigan, and, and there's some other ones. I mean, obviously, I think, um, you know, even as obscure as, as like a matchup like Texas A&M and Miami early in the season or Texas-Alabama in week two, those are going to be fun games. So – like, like you said, we've talked so much about NIL and collectives and realignment, and I like that stuff, but not as much as I like when you see the band come out for a big noon kickoff like Texas and Alabama will have in Austin in week two. Well, I cannot absolutely wait for the college football season to get started. Bill, thank you for taking some time and helping preview the college football season with us. We'll have you on again once games are actually played to break down more college football. All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much. No problem. We'll be right back with more after this. <laughs> Welcome back to the opening kickoff podcast. Dave Stonewall, Peyton Gerard, Brandon Stevens here. Our thanks to Bill Bender of Sporting News for helping preview the college football season with us. Now it is time to talk about NFL training camp, and we thought who better than our friend of the show, Lindsay Okay, to join us. Lindsay, how are you doing? I'm doing good. All right. Well, we got a lot to discuss, and we got to start with the quarterback contracts. And namely, Kyler Murray, who got the big five-year, $230.5 million deal with a, over 180 guaranteed. What's your initial reaction to that contract extension? I mean, we all knew it was coming, just like we all know, like, Lamar Jackson, it's eventually coming. I just – I feel like we're reaching, like, the, the portion, the era of quarterbacks where if you're above average to, like, good – maybe not even great. You're still going to get paid like this. So, I mean, it's going to be in the next couple of years, we're going to see Joe Burrow get the same thing. Justin Herbert's going to get something similar. And like, those guys are great. Um, but like, there's going to be these guys that kind of trickle down. Like, what are you going to do with like Trevor Lawrence? Like, you know, those guys that like really haven't proven themselves yet, who are going to be up for a deal pretty shortly. So, um, my whole thing is just, it's, it's kind of expected, um, at this point for me. What about the clause in the contract that has created such a buzz the last 24 hours that there's mandatory four hours of independent film study, which essentially means he has to do this at home. He has to go home and study film on his own. What do you make of that? So I've never heard this before. I've been in, I've been working around the NFL for almost a decade now, and I've never heard this like being written into someone's contract before. I've heard of like crazy things like, um, like Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't allowed to go scuba diving, for example, like stuff like that is written into people's like contracts, but never something that like, is this kind of like, they don't trust him to do the work on his own. And like what I've, my first thought, my first inkling was they wouldn't have written that in there if they counted on him to do it, if they knew he was going to do it anyway. So those are kind of things on that. But I thought it was interesting that Rap Report reported that, you know, he does this sort of thing on his own already. But the two sides felt that this was like something that they, you know, mutually agreed on. So they put it in a contract. That just seems like weird. Like, so yeah, you're I will telling say, me I cheated. We cheated huddle all the time. You just let it run. 
it gets it logs. <laughs> it's all it is. I mean, like I would assume they have to have something similar. Like, how else are you really tracking it? Like, unless like there's actual notes where like the coach puts it in there, and like that they try to slip you up, like you know, like the Jamarcus Russell way. Like, did you watch? Did you read that entire playbook? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I read it. You know, or I watched all the film. It's like you know, little notes like Kyler, are you still watching? Text me if you are at this part, right? Like. It's just you, you put it on and let it roll. Maybe that's what they think he does. It must be because this is something that, like, uh, you know, like we said, I, I've never heard. I've never heard of something like this. It also feels like how are you going to guarantee a guy $180 million and he's not even watching film? Right. I right. can play quarterback for 180 mil. I don't watch film. I'd do that. Yeah. <laughs> it very much reads like, like a high school kid and I only know coaching high school football. It's like you tell your quarterbacks like, Hey, we need you to go watch the film. Like Peyton's talking about, you can put in the notes in the film itself and say, Hey, you need to watch this corner likes to play aggressive. We're not looking to short route that side. We're going to look off of him and go to our number two or number three options. But I mean, at the pro level, to me, it comes across that Kyler Murray is the, when he walks into the building, he's all football. When he walks out of the building, he is anything but football. I think mm-hmm. there was even a stipulation he can't play video games when he does the yeah. film. It's because yeah. he signed. It's because he signed with Phase, like the video game like company. Oh, like yeah. I think that's probably a big contributor to this. Like he's very. I think he's invested into it as well. And I think they went like public, like stock trading option. Like they're they're a pretty big company, so it's like they're like you know we know you're involved in this. Like you know you work here, right? Like that's a side project. Yeah, I've so, seen Kyler on Twitch more than I have a football field. That's a fact. That's an absolute <laughs> fact. So I don't know. I didn't know that, and that, that makes perfect sense as to yeah. why you write that in there. I did not know that. Yeah, he's a big yeah. gamer. Big gamer. Big gamer. Yeah, him, Bronny James, all those dudes are all with those guys. And, you know, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, I can't imagine is like, you know, he's not like Bill Belichick. He's the guy who knows, like, what you're doing. Like, he probably right. scrolls social media and is like, what he goes what is this kid doing now or like it takes like bill belichick like a carrier pigeon to like get the information like you know it's just different different people all right i have to ask the obligatory lamar jackson question Lindsay. first off do you think he gets a contract extension done before the season starts um if you would have asked me that in like april i would have been like yeah totally now it's like training camp starts tomorrow and he still doesn't have one it's kind of concerning yeah how are we feeling ravens fans yeah can i get an update because i thought he didn't he was you know he didn't want to take as much money now he isn't talking to him now like where are we at where is he? i don't know like the last i've heard is that they i mean they're still waiting to hear from him from his side which is just him because he doesn't have a I mean, that I think to me, and I felt this way for probably about like a year and a half now, him not having an agent is hurting him so badly that he doesn't even realize it. He's not going to realize it until probably like three years from now, I don't think. Just because, I mean, an agent does so much more than like negotiate this huge ass contract that he's supposed to get. But like Lamar Jackson could be making so much goddamn money in endorsement deals and he's not. Mm -hmm. And like, I just feel like that is so dumb. That is so dumb. Yeah. To me. Um, and I'm not trying to call Lamar Jackson dumb, but like, just, I don't think he has that like business mindset that he thinks he does 
to negotiate this contract. I think that is the main thing that's hurting him. I feel like if he had an agent, he would not walk in the doors tomorrow of that Ravens facility without his name on a piece of paper. Yeah. Like, I really think that. And I've talked about this before on the show about how, you know, that's just the type of guy that Lamar is. When you look at where he comes from, you look at his background and you think, you know, yes, I'm in the NFL. You know, he's living off that money on his rookie deal. And to a guy like that, that's a lot of money. Sure. That's a lot of money. So you feel like it can't possibly get any better than this, which is wrong. It can it can get exponentially better than where you're currently at. Um, And, you know, he kind of has that. I mean, you see him on social media all the time. I mean, he just opened up like a restaurant or something in Florida. Uh, You know, he spends a lot of his time, you know, just kind of hanging out with the people of that community of people, the community of Baltimore, just like, you know, he he, it's hard for him to sort of break that mindset of where he was before he became, you know, this superstar athlete. Um, I I think him having an agent would really help him break out of that, you know, break out of that mindset and understand that this entire thing could be mine, you know, like I could be running this whole show. Um, so it's unfortunate that he doesn't have somebody in his ear, you know, constantly trying to make sure that he, you know, understands that. I'm sure Harbaugh is doing it. I'm sure Ozzy is doing Ozzy, uh, uh, whoever you guys' GM is. I can't remember his name. Eric DaCosta. Yeah, DaCosta, DaCosta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Ozzy has to lurk it. around there still. He has to still be in that building. Like, he yeah. just hangs out. Like, hey, you know you don't work here anymore. <laughs> yeah, I do. Sure, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's just unfortunate that he doesn't have somebody constantly, you know, putting that in his head. I think the whole Lamar Jackson thing, from my perspective, is uh, I mean, a deal is going to get done. The Ravens have said he's their guy. We know Lamar wants to be in Baltimore. It's just whenever you listen to Lamar Jackson and you watch him, kind of what you're saying, Brandon, you can just tell his motivations is not about I'm getting mine. Right. where I think that's exactly what Kyler Murray did. I think Kyler mm-hmm. Murray got scared to death of Lamar Jackson's contract and said, let me go get my money. Mind you, he sucked in the playoff too. So that also factors into where he's like, I got to get my money now because it may not be there as much as I want it to be next year or two years down the road. Right. For Lamar Jackson, that isn't the mindset. I'm just surprised he didn't get the deal done for – a deal isn't done for the sake of – it's no longer a distraction to him. It's no longer, hey, Lamar, when are you going to get the contract on? Or, Lamar, you really should be holding out. Then it can just get back to Lamar, the football player, instead of everything right now, the conversation about Lamar Jackson is about the contract, and it's all off-the-field stuff. I thought with his priority being, I want to play football, and I want to win a Super Bowl, that he would try to get it done. I still think he might get it done during training camp just so he can be like, I'm done. I am a football player. That's all I want to do. I got my contract. Get off my back about that. Come at me for the football side, but leave me alone with the contract stuff. So I think it gets done. I think it could get done during preseason because I could definitely see him being like. So is he going to show up tomorrow? Yeah. He's He's already in town. Oh, he's there. So he didn't show up. Okay. I didn't see that today. Okay. Which I also think, by the way, he showed up four days early. I kind of think he showed up four days early for the sake of maybe not like let's get it all hashed out, but sort of like walk in and give Eric DaCosta and say, here's what I'm thinking. And here's what, what are you thinking? And let's see, is there any way where we can meet in the middle and maybe get this done where they essentially are trading numbers 
and trading figures of, okay, this is what I'm thinking. This is what you're thinking. I found the timing of it all very convenient in terms of when he showed up, the Ravens just all of a sudden freeing up salary cap room and then Kyler Murray getting his contract extension. I put my tin hat on. So so Lindsay and Dave, I want to get this from you. Give me, give me a prediction just real quick year. How many years and what do you think it'll be just overall, not guaranteed. Don't worry about the guarantee. What do you think they give them? Do you want to go first? I'll take five years, 245 million. Like he's going to get upwards of, I think 50 million a year because he's better than the, the quarterbacks that we have seen recently get paid. Now he won't get fully guaranteed because Cleveland fucked that situation up <laughs> so royally. I yeah. mean, yeah, so I, guaranteed contracts be, are done fully yeah. guaranteed. Yeah, and done. they can all thank that jackass in Cleveland for that. But I think five years, 245 million is somewhere where that ends up. Yeah, I think it might be more like four years just because I think the Ravens are kind of pushing on. They, and I hate this like, whole storyline about how like running quarterbacks aren't like you know they they don't last that long but I think that's kind of where the Ravens are they don't they're a very good organization where they will not overpay someone they're one of their mantras is like it's better to get rid of a guy too early than it is to get rid of a guy too late so that's kind of I think it's more like a four-year thing but the money is the money I think is similar I think he's going to get you know 45 to 50 a year Okay. Let me ask you about, you brought up Jimmy Garoppolo earlier. I, I, I think he is the most fascinating topic of conversation going into training camp because he's the guy that was left without a chair in the musical chairs that was a quarterback situation. They took his chair. They took his they chair. Took, they took his chair and then won't give him another chair. If you're a betting person, Lindsay, I'll start with you. Do you think Jimmy Garoppolo ends the season with the San Francisco 49ers? No. Absolutely not. I think he's still going to, I want to say he'll still get traded. I think if it comes down to it, they might just cut him and then he'll sign with somebody. But um, I don't, the, the things that I've heard is he doesn't want to be there just as much as they don't want him there anymore. So, so weird. Like, why didn't they, why why didn't they, there had to have been a way they could have got rid of him like months ago. Right. Well, it was the surgery. the surgery um, I mean, they so the whole surgery thing was like he didn't it was right after the season he didn't know he needed it and then it kind of they tried to see if it would heal by itself and it was just it's one of those things that like you or I wouldn't need surgery on but mm-hmm. because he throws a ball for a living like obviously they have to surgically repair it so um and like I mean he started throwing around like the fourth of July and has been doing that ever since and it's just like kind of I mean, he's, but he can't, well, he, he might be able to now, but like back then he still couldn't pass the physical. So he still can't get traded. Mm. He can't pass the physical. So it's just like a bunch of stuff happened and they didn't plan on this either. He didn't plan on this either. Um, I fully expect that if he did not need that surgery, he would have been traded back in like around the draft. Yeah. Peyton, Brandon, I'll ask you the same question. Uh, Yeah. I don't think there's, there's really a shot. You know, I think uh, the 49ers are just ready to move on. Um, you know, as we just heard, he's ready to move on. Uh, there's not a lot that you could do to 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 mend this relationship between the two of them. Um, <clears throat> I feel like, you know, he gave it his all. He, he went to the Super Bowl one time. 
didn't perform well, but you know, he was there. He took him there. Um, I think, you know, you got a guy like Trey Lance who I feel like is ready to go and could, you know, help that looks electric. You know, he looks like he could be he could be the next guy. Um, I don't see why you wouldn't. Now, as to where I think he ends up, I have no idea. Zero clue. I feel like the Giants are the only ones when you ask that question of where they could go, that may, that it makes sense for both sides to do it. Because at this point, Jimmy Garoppolo's got to think of, okay, where can I maybe be safe for two or three years? And I feel like the Giants, the way that they are, if he call, if, if they trade for him and he comes in and performs, I could see Brian Dable and that regime just saying, you know what, we got a veteran, let's ride this out for a couple of years build the rest of this roster, and then when it gets time, when Jimmy's a little down the road, then we'll we'll move on from him. But let's get some stability at that quarterback <clears throat> position. Because I think we can all agree Daniel Jones is not going to be the giant quarterback next year. It probably not. It would be – It would. can he win comeback player of the year just, like, for, like, improving? Like, <laughs> is that a possibility? Like, if he does – Because if he if – he, yeah, like if, I mean, we, I don't think there, there's not a most improved player in the NFL. So I mean, by nature, he should win it if he keeps his job, right? You know, that's what but, you uh, think. Yeah, that's what you think. But uh, no, I think he's gone. I, I, I would say this. I bet you they're holding off either someone like maybe the Giants, like you said, or waiting to see if anyone gets hurt. That you know they still think they're a playoff contender. Don't reach really high because. You know, very. You know, their feelings, their emotions are like what's weight like pushing the deal. So maybe they're just waiting for that. Um, but I, I feel like he'll be there week one. Just you know, why would you not at this point hang on to him for like the first couple weeks, see what happens? Like maybe they completely misread Trey Lance, but I don't think so. So I think his his time's done. And like a lot of people have been talking a lot of shit about Jimmy Garoppolo in the offseason, like Edelman or Tellus Bryant, like or Bennett, like a lot of people. Hopping off the Jimmy G train, if there ever was one. So, I'd say he's probably done. All right. Before we get to training camp edition of Would You Rather, we, we've done this the last couple of weeks with our guests on. It's their beef list. It just It's time to vent. We're going to let Lindsay vent on whatever she has beef with, things, people, whatever she wants. Lindsay, give us your beef list. Who do you have a beef with? <sighs> so... First of all, I don't really have beef with anyone. It might seem like that if you follow me on Twitter, but I really do not. (laughs) But some things like one of my main things is like singing competition shows. Like they're Uh, awful. They're awful. There are way too many of them and they're all the same. And like, I mean, I watched like American Idol when I was like eight, you know, when like Clarkson won, you know, like that's cool. I watched The Voice, I think like the first couple seasons and then like some random season because some person I knew was on it. But other than that, like there's just way too many of them. Like that mass singer shit is so stupid. (laughs) So how is that a show still? That's what I don't get. And then that they came like, out. It's like another one too, right? Yeah, like, they're doing like a picture or something. And like, yeah. it's just like enough is enough. Like, if you're gonna have the voice, have it be the voice. Anyone can. I mean, the voice is on like all year long. I think, right? Yeah, it never stops. I don't think it ever stops. My, like, you know, I have a conspiracy the only, about this. That should be the only singing competition show, and that's it. I don't need any more. I have like a big. Consp- I guess it's not a conspiracy. It's not an idea about all these shows. I don't know how they, like you said, like how there are so many, 
Because I would imagine most people that watch these shows watch the auditions and then never follow up and watch the finale. Like, I've never watched, like, the finale except maybe, like, Kelly Clarkson's season of American Idol. But, like, I was like, I just want to watch people fail or sing really good out of nowhere that don't look like they can. And then I'm done with the show because I don't care. Because usually they don't make it. So, yeah. Well, like, more like, like the, the America's Got Talent show, like, I've watched that a couple times just if there's, like, nothing on because it's it's more than just singing. But yeah. I don't watch past the auditions because I do not care. Yeah. Exactly. Like, As you should. You should not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Random question about it. If you, like, fail on American Idol, do you, like, then go, like, down the list of the singing shows? The shows. And I'm thinking, like, how many people are this good at singing? Like, how, that you have th- these many shows. I think that, because you have to audition to get to TV, right? Isn't that how yeah. it works? Yeah. Which yeah. is, like, kind of fucked up. Because, like, they have, you know, they hear someone really bad and they're like, yes, put them through ratings. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's kind of fucked up, isn't it? But, like, there have to be a decent amount that are okay at singing. Yeah. You uh, think the voice? I think the voice isn't the voice like you. You have to be good at singing to be on the voice, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's because, the difference. Because they have to turn their chair. That's the one they have, they have to. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mass singer is just—it's literally a gong show. It's literally just make believe. It's so bad. It's just <laughs> make believe. I mean, it literally like I mean, there's no way. I I would love to know the stats. Has anyone ever guessed it right? Because like, how could you ever tell? Like, there's no way. I know that because they're auto-tuned, I think, a little bit. Because I've seen, like, Terry Bradshaw was on there. I'm like, I, I would have never guessed that. Well, that they, don't the they give person. you, like, hints or something like that yeah, throughout the show? Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, I don't I think mean, anybody's guessing that just off the cuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's Terry Bradshaw. No way. There's just yeah, no way. This will be like, they're on a Disney show. And you're like, how many Disney shows are there? Like, right. that's not a hint. How many Disney I child like actors? Zac Efron. And I'm like, you really think Zac Efron would be on a stupid ass <laughs> yeah. show? Like, he might. And he maybe, might. They've maybe. had some pretty big names on that show. So I wouldn't okay, be surprised. But like Kermit the Frog doesn't count. I mean, like, that's, I think, the biggest one I've seen is Kermit the Frog on there. I saw the one with Rudy Giuliani only because it literally, like... That was insane. That was was insanity. That was hilarious. See, now that's good television right there. You guys watched this? No, I I just saw it on Twitter. Twitter. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, no, no, I did. There's no way I actually sat down for a whole half hour to have the big reveal be Rudy Giuliani at the end of it. like, I'd have been like Ken Jeong if I actually sat through all that and just said, fuck this shit. I'm only yeah, watching I'm, sports on primetime television. Nothing else. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing cable is used for in this house is just like tell, like sports. And then like literally, I don't even know why I paid for it during baseball season, to be honest. Like, that's should fair. just cancel it. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. Shout out to you, right. Dave. Hey, well, we're, we, we're going to talk some baseball. So not oh, here, but fuck. no, get over it. Um, come for football and we Broke down singing competitions. You never know what to expect. All right. Never know. No. Let's get to training camp. Would you rather edition? I'm going to pose a question. You're going to pick a side. The first question. Would you rather be Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill on their new team? Lindsay, we'll start with you. Um, I think I'd rather be Devontae Adams. Um, I do not like Derek Carr. I don't think he's that good at all. But I think... 
I think he has more upside than like the Dolphins do right now, like on that offense. I, and like Tyreek talks too much for me. Like a, a lot, talking he, a lot. And it's like a lot these days. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's fine if you like, I like players that are outspoken with the media and like, you know, talk like normal people and aren't just giving us like sound bites, but he's like with, I don't think he realizes it, but he's putting way more pressure on his quarterback that he does not need. He's already under enough. And like, I mean, he's saying all this stuff, like, like he's better than Mahomes and like all this stuff. And I'm like, you realize like the second he throws an interception, that's just going to get thrown right back in your face. So I'm picking Devonte. Peyton. See, my literally my only hesitation with picking Devontae Adams, because it, it seems like the clear-cut thing, is literally the Raiders team itself, because I think they got another guy arrested today. Did you see that? He got stopped once for speeding was and caught with a spending license. Then they pulled him over, and they found cocaine in his pocket with a straw. Can't remember who it was, but it's like, I feel like they're just – I mean, someone's got to get arrested. That's going to cause a problem again. Like, there's no way – that's inevitable. Like it's just so many distractions. Like, I don't know how, I don't know how they, there should be never be, I heard LeBron wants to put a a basketball team in Las Vegas. That will never happen. There will never be another sports team in that city. There will never be. I I just don't, it doesn't make sense, but Devontae Adams, I mean, I'll take him over Tyreek Hill in any day. And that may be an unpopular opinion, but he's better than him. So. And their, like, front office is all in shambles, too. They have, like, they're being investigated for, like, workplace misconduct. That's what, that's another thing. They're just, I mean, it's I mean. It's designing just, left and right. It's just, like, a mess over there. So, yeah, yeah, no more sports teams in Sin City, please. please where no. it's over. The, the Sin part has definitely taken over in oh, yeah. uh, Vegas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we're, are, Brandon, are you going Devontae or are you going Tyreek? Because if nah, I'm going Devontae. Yeah, this is flush, man. I'm not going, I'm not going Tyreek. The only reason, though, that I would even contemplate Tyreek Hill is considering the divisions that they play in. The AFC West is crazy. I mean, yes. you're going to have legitimately four teams that can make the playoffs, whereas it's not that way in the NFC East. I don't think the Patriots will be as good, and we know the Jets are still in their rebuild. It is. Lindsay no is not Brian a, Flores. No Brian Flores. He's in Pittsburgh. We know. Calm down, Peyton. All right, Lindsay mentioned she's not a Derek Carr fan, so this question is going to really be tough for her. Would you rather have Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins' career? They, oh. They oh. They the latter. <laughs> the latter. Well, I, you want to go Cousins? I don't know. It's really – That would be – That I'd would be – Huh? I said I'd flip a coin. I have, like, no – Really? Coin. Wait, yeah I think I mean at least I get see Derek Carr has like Devontae Adams but like Kirk Cousins has Justin Jefferson so it's like and Adam Thielen which is more of a reason you shouldn't take him because it's an absolute tragedy they can't do anything for yeah. a whole like <laughs> seven 18 game schedule like and his record it just his record against like winning teams is it's just it's actually like he's trying to fuck it up yeah. Like, you have to, like, try. Like, Derek Carr is probably, like, closer to 50-50. You know, probably, like, you know. I mean, he what do you go? He went, like, 14-2 the year he almost won MVP, right? Probably something like that. And, I mean, they haven't been horrific, have they? 
there he's just so inconsistent and i mean kirk cousins is too you can't really count on him to show up every sunday you can't count on Derek carr either you never know what you're gonna get i think kirk cousins is might be the most polarizing player in the nfl he does oh. not pass the eye test at all. But when you look at his numbers on a piece of paper, you're like, this cannot be. This can't be him. It can't be. <laughs> this cannot. Fair this, point. It can't be. And it's so hard for me anytime that I have to, you know, trash Kirk Cousins, which is often. I do this often. But I'm always met with, you know, his stats. And it's like, I like I don't know what to say. When you turn on the TV and you look at this guy, that's not the type of guy that you think should be putting up these type of numbers it's like when i'm reminded that frank gore is like top seven in rushing yards i'm like how i like nobody like how did this happen like this kind of flew under the radar that's how Kirk cousins entire career is it's just under the radar good stats but when you watch him you're like how how is this possible I think I'd lean Derek Carr. I'm so out on Kirk Cousins. I have yeah, I'm so down. I've been yeah, just no faith <laughs> in that guy. Like whenever like the Sunday like betting comes around, I'm like everyone's like the Vikings today, and I'm like really like are we sure? Like they're the favorite. Like you don't see anything. <laughs> like maybe they're the underdog, but like no, I'm I'm with eyeliner guy. I hate digital online, underline, whatever. All right. Um, would you rather sign? I know Julio Jones signed, but would you rather sign if you're a wide receiver needy team, Odell Beckham Jr. or Julio Jones? That's a no-brainer. That's a dumb question. Is it a Odell Beckham? Beckham? Odell Beckham is yeah, a freak athlete. Still, yeah. Julio's hamstrings are like cooked. That okay? When go, I, go call I Tom probably, Brady. I scrolled through that news today. Quicker than I've scrolled through probably anything. When it said Julio Jones signed, I was like, "Don't care." Don't, like, yeah. dude, bro, like he was so irrelevant last year. Like, I forgot at one point he played there. I thought he still was on the Falcons, but on their injured reserve. That's where I thought he was, and I had to like go back and think. It was like, I mean, Julio was a freak, but like he ain't. I ain't Julio anymore. That's just the sad truth. That felt like them announcing a training camp body. And, like, I couldn't. Yes. That was so, like, hard for me to read and, like, process it that way. I'm like, wow, how the mighty have fallen. Imagine this was, like, eight years ago and that came out. You're like, oh, my God, like, this is a huge deal. And now I'm just like, who cares? Like, dude might not even make it to to the active roster. And it's tomorrow. Yeah. That's so that's so crazy. I blame Matt Ryan, Dave, by the way, just so you know. Well, I know that's your guy. I'm sorry. It's not. No, it's not my guy. But I think he does get some unfair criticism. You did. I mean, you were like on retainer for him for at least two years. Like you yes. had to. Have been. Yeah, you did have that <laughs> cape on. You had the Matt Ryan. If, cape look, on. if I had Matt Ryan on retainer, he'd have been on this show. That's okay. that's the pull I would have had. So shit, was he on the show? Without how much you defended him on this show, he should have came on and said thank you. Exactly. Yes. Well, I don't know where my invite was or where his thank you is. I'm still waiting on that. <laughs> All right. Moving on since I asked a shit question. <laughs> Number four. Second year quarterbacks. Would you rather be in Zach Wilson's shoes and not the shoes you're thinking of or Justin Field's shoes going into year two? Lindsay, we'll start with you. Um, 
So I'd go Zach Wilson just because he gets to back up Joe Flacco because Joe Flacco is probably going to start. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I did. You know, I do remember you were one of those uh, people yeah. who were like, when he came, he resigned, you were like, he's back. You're like, you're like elite <laughs> Joe's back. And I she was like, the head there's of the only Flacco fan. Yeah, club. exactly. There were a few people out there, and she was definitely one of them. Um, but no, pro- I'd probably go Zach Wilson regardless. I think he, he'll benefit from having um, the same head coach for his second year. Whereas like Justin Fields kind of has to start over. Um, and Justin Fields also kind of got thrown to the wolves last year, whereas Zach Wilson got to kind of ease into it because the jets didn't really have a choice. Um, but I think if like 10 years down the line, I think I'd pick Justin Fields to have like the better overall career than Zach Wilson at the end of the day. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. I think I just like, Overall, like what the Jets did in the like the offseason, the draft, they just had a better one than the Bears straight up. That's I, I mean, it was they got things they needed. Um, they signed Uzma, CJ Uzma, who had an all time shirt today with the Times. The person of the year was Zach Wilson on it. I mean, I, I really feel like it's going to become this thing where like I don't know if he did it, but like, you know, I don't think you correct anyone anymore. I just think you let it go, Zach, because. This is the only good thing you're going to have going for you in New York for like the next five years. So just take this one because it's going to feel good for a while. I can't wait for them to be like three and seven and somebody ask them a question about that after a game. Can't wait. Uh, It's going to be the highlight of the season. Zach, partying it up in the Hamptons all summer. So go ahead, Zach. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, what else do you do as as a rich kid from, from BYU? You know, of course you party in the Hamptons. He was rich before the quarterback. He was rich before I put the uniform on. It's just going to be like, Brandon, it's going to be like, hey, uh, Peyton Gerard, New York Times, Zach, um, you guys are three and seven, and you're facing the hardest part of your schedule going in now. Do you still have the dog in you? And he's just going to be like, he's going to get to the point where he's going to be like, man, no, I don't. I never did. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just going to get to that. I mean, how long can that really buy him time in New York? Like maybe a game or two. And then it's just like, we forget about that. Are you, what are you doing for me lately? But I mean, Justin feels like Lindsay said, like a new head coach having to redo everything. Like their receivers aren't that great. They don't have, oh, I don't know, like Dar- Darnell Mooney, who eventually will probably get a bag for some other team whenever he leaves, which he should. Um I, there's just no other way to say it. I can't believe I'm agreeing with the Jets, but the Jets. Yeah, they haven't done a they haven't done a great job of trying to give Justin Fields a, a fair shot or just put a competent roster around him. And it's unfortunate because he's gonna be one of those uh, you know, those rookie quarterback guys that you see that you feel like never got a real, you know, never got a real chance. Um <clears throat> he'll probably, you know, be on another team and couple years if he doesn't perform well and it's I, I honestly don't know if it if it all falls on him I mean if you look at his scenario you look at his situation like you know I'm, I'm on another coach my offense is has never been healthy he's never had a uh I would even say a very good receiver it don't even have to be elite like somebody that you think like you can give him the ball, he could just go, you know, he'd go do whatever. Like, yeah, you could argue yeah, A Rob. But... All he needs is like a Tory Smith. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tory Smith. Like, a guy that's like good enough, but he's never gonna be like right. 
And he must have hated Allen Robinson to never try to use him once last year. Like, just hated the guy. Well, because like, I think Allen Robinson didn't want to be there. So when you got a guy who's just mentally – checked out from from a place it's like you yeah it's hard for you to to put that connection together um so yeah. that's another thing that i think you know that people knock him for is like oh yeah alan robinson like why didn't you know he do I, alan robinson was not a bear last season he just wasn't he wasn't and i i don't know isn't he a free agent he's on the rams bro Oh, that is right. That is right. That is right. So I'd be interested to see how his his attitude changes when uh when the season starts and he puts on that Rams uniform. I'm sure it's going to be a complete 180 to him being in Chicago. Super Bowl champs. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure with Justin Fields. I mean, you take Zach Wilson, but I, I mean, I look at Justin Fields and it's like he might not even be on the Bears in two years. Yeah, like you have a whole new regime that came in. Their goal is okay. We need to figure out. Who, who is worth it and who isn't from what this last regime did. They didn't draft him. They're not invested in him. They say all the right things when you hire him. Well, yeah, we'll bring Justin along and we'll we'll see what we can do with him. All along, you're going, all right, if this guy ain't it, we're, cu- we're getting rid of him, especially next year with the quarterbacks that are coming in. They're going to get their guy next year if it isn't Justin Fields. So he might not be on the team in two years. So Zach Wilson's the easy answer. Next question. You can give a fully guaranteed contract to either one of these quarterbacks. Would you rather pay Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow a fully guaranteed contract? This is so hard for me. Probably Herbert just because he doesn't have the injury history. Yeah. I think it's just it's just that simple. It's, it's too close. I love his like not that like oh God, this is so hard for me. I love them both, but I just, I love like Justin Herbert's like aura, I guess. I don't want to sound like Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend, the witch. But, um, okay. The witch. Know, <laughs> but there's just something about him that I don't, I, I feel, I feel like I'm going to get like, but, but like next Peyton Manning kind of thing is like what I get from. Oh, wow. Like, she said it. Like I said it. Like next Brady is what I get from like Justin Herbert. Whereas like yeah. Joe Burrow can be very good. Like I'm not saying I think he'll also be very good. But like you said, the injury history. Um, I think both of these guys are gonna get paid like big money. Um, but I just I feel like Justin Herbert is like just an unreal, unexpected, just talent, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I'll take what your analogy was. I'll go better. (laughs) Herbert is like Manning, and Burrow is like kind of Brady because, like, I think Herbert has the better skills and everything like that, but Burrow is like – I just think he could walk into any profession, any building, and get anyone behind him and, like, this is what we're doing, and get them amped. Like, and, you know, he's like, I don't even feel good. They don't know that. Like, my arm hurts like shit. But, like, they're going to go to battle. Like, just like Brady. Like, sure, Tom Brady, like, isn't – you know, if you're like, who's the most physically gifted quarterback of all time? You're probably not saying Tom Brady. You're like, now he might be the best quarterback. And it's like weird to say that because it, it's a different thing. But I would probably leave Herbert too, just because like his physical attributes, he seems like a good leader. I mean, they, they, they should have been the play, in the playoffs if their coach didn't probably call the biggest bull. Like he called chicken or whatever. Like who's going to do this? Like, you gonna fuck this over? I'm not gonna be the guy to fuck this over. I, won't, I don't want to tie. 
I want to win. And I don't know. It's I'd go Herbert. I would definitely go him. Kind of go Burrow for the for the mentality. I mean, again, either way, you're winning. But I love the 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 championship mindset that Joe Burrow has. Kind of like you're talking about, where he walks on the field and he has the expectation of I am going to dominate on a weekly basis. Injury history, I get it. I, you could go Justin Herbert and say the same exact things, but I just love the demeanor of Joe Burrow so much more that I would give him the contract over Justin Herbert. All right, we got two more, and one is a Lindsay-specific question. Okay. I'm not asking. I'm not asking this to Peyton or Brandon. Next up, would oh, you rather this... pick right now? Would you rather pick an AFC team? You don't have to give me the team. An AFC team or an NFC team to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> this, I'm just gonna pick my own team and keep it. A yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm expecting I'm us think... to win it anyway, so I'm gonna take I'm an down. AFC team. Hey. Mafia. I'm going to say AFC just because there's so much talent in the AFC. Like the NFC doesn't even come close. So I feel like if you can get through like Josh Allen, if you can get through Mahomes, if you can get through Russell Wilson, if you can get through like Burrow, Lamar Jackson, like, I mean, if you can get through all these guys, then like you can win the Super Bowl, I think. I'm going to take an NFC team because they've won the last two Super Bowls. And they always seem to be right on par. And there's still that guy named Tom Brady in the NFC. Not saying that I'd pick the Buccaneers, but the but NFC. There's such a drop recently. off. There's such a drop off from the Bucks and the Rams to like the next best team. Like there's just like a noticeable gap. Yeah. Like the Packers, like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, Aaron Rodgers, what else you got? Show me what else you got over there now. Like his, his defense is only going to play two quarters. <laughs> yeah, and like, I mean, I just look. You look at the AFC, like you got like like Lindsey, just like Mahomes, Allen. Like, take your pick. You know, like throw a dart at a, a dartboard, like blindfolded. Like you're gonna hit someone that's gonna be talented and gonna give you a problem every Sunday. So I lean AFC, and I know that's probably not for me, but I'm saying AFC. I'm probably yeah, picking, NFC. You get. I'm running with in. the Bills, probably. Of course. I mean, how could you not? How could you not? We you got are the best quarterback be, in the league. Oh, I'm going to be insufferable. Yeah, I was oh, going to say, oh, you're going to be get ready, man. Fair. Get ready. All season. <laughs> get ready. And by the if way, I, Ravens Bills week hey, four. I'm and if I'm good, if I'm good, I'll be the worst on this podcast. Like, if we well, get to like – you already are, but that's I could, a whole but I could be, But I could be worse. If Mitchell Trubisky gets me to the playoffs, I'll be – you'll have to, like, tape <laughs> me. You'll have to come down here and tape my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> or Mason oh, Rudolph, you know. No, no what about Kenny Pickett? Out. You're not riding with small hands? No, I am. Somebody tweeted out something today. It was like, if Kenny Pickett had this uh, career, would you take it? And it was Flacco's. And I go, yeah, in a yeah, fucking what? heartbeat. Of course. Yeah, I mean, come on. The playoff run, if I get to say my quarterback had the, one of the best playoff runs of all time, yeah, I'm probably going to say it for that one Super Bowl. I'll take it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, I, uh, we're getting <laughs> – this is the last one, and it's only for Lindsay. She's a big Joe Flacco fan, as we've talked about, and a big Josh Rosen fan. So, Lindsay, oh, I don't would know. you That's rather have part. Joe Flacco win another Super Bowl ring or Josh Rosen win a Super Bowl? Like his first one? Yes. Because there's probably going to be many, but um, – Oh, jeez. <laughs> I did not know. You're a Josh Rosen believer? Or oh, yeah. what are you? Wait, what? <laughs> You don't know how truther. 
Like I have <laughs> one time I have to tell the story. So I wore, I have like his um, Arizona Cardinals, like his original, like number three. And I wore it out somewhere and some guy <laughs> tapped me on the shoulder and goes, do you know you're wearing that? <laughs> <laughs> like, did you put this on by mistake? Pranked you. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think he thought like, I didn't know, like, I was just like some stupid girl who like wore her fa- boyfriend's like, you know, favorite team and like, didn't know like what the player was, but yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I know. Like I have a Dolphins one too. So. Oh my God. Wow. No, <laughs> I would have called the cops. I've been like, listen, there is. <laughs> Josh yeah. Rosen's been wrong. I think yeah. he's been wrong. Like, I mean, the guy's never even got a chance to start his fucking career, but I mean, a, you have a Dolphins jersey too? Oh yeah. Oh yes. You don't know how hard I prayed for us to not draft him in 2018. I was like, Whoa. if you're gonna draft the Josh, don't be Rosen. Please, God, do not be Josh Rosen. Oh, Just don't. This is mind blowing. I don't think I've ever met a Josh Allen. I mean a Josh Rosen fan. Oh yeah. I didn't know they existed. I, this is it's new to me. Just me and like his mother. Yes. You know. I guess Dan would be by default because of UCLA ties, but like that would be that would be it. Wow. I'm mind blown by this. <laughs> Stunned, really. I can't I can't believe that. But I would probably pick Joe Flacco to win another one just because he deserves it. He should have won that second <laughs> one. If it wasn't for like Lee Evans and Billy Cundiff, he would have been in the Super Bowl a second year or the year before that he won the other one. But um yeah. I would also not mind if Josh Josh Rosen won because then I could rub it in everyone's face and it feels so good. But does but, he have to win it as a starter? What are the stipulations here? I guess they both be backups. Where is Josh Rosen? He's on the Browns, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He could start. He I, could I was going to say play. the job could be his <laughs> with the way this is. Shit. How many quarterbacks do they have? Four. Four. Wow. It'll be five because they'll eventually panic and go. Oh my God, they haven't made a decision on Deshaun Watson yet. Who's still out there? Get that guy. But that's where the Browns are at right now because they're like, he could be suspended two games. He could be suspended eight. The NFL is trying to throw, I think they're going to try to like really throw the books at that guy, man. They're trying to fuck this dude over, bro. They're trying to like, and then I liked how they were like, well, they suspend them the moment we they do it. Us and the NFL PR are gonna throw a lawsuit. You think Roger Goodell gives a fuck about your lawsuit? <laughs> you think he gives a shit? He's yeah. got Fox, he's got Bezos, he's got CBS, he's got them all. He he's got all the money and time in the world. He don't he care. could take up two years of trial time. He got enough money to, to drag this on for two years. He's got you should take look, whatever he gives you, take it, say thank you, sir. May I have another? Okay. And then move on. That's all it should be. Like, I mean, I, I don't know how the guy thinks he's going to play every game. Or play a game. game. I, mean, I, yeah. I cannot see him starting week one. I can't. I, I can't. There's no way. I think if he steps on a football field this year, the shit show, the shit storm oh. that is going to come from the reaction of the fans, and deservedly so. They'll probably, throw, they'll probably throw shit at him in Cleveland. Well, no, not in Cleveland. No, they, I, they you, will. Hey, Other you, teams hey, will. I think you underestimate the Browns. I am no, I think I get them pretty good. I'm a big believer in winning heels all. So regardless of all of this, <laughs> if he steps on that football field and they are winning games, 
radio silence. You won't hear a single thing from those fans about that. It's true. It's, it, they, you just won't. You right. won't. Well, we have to wrap up this edition of the opening kickoff podcast. Lindsay, thank you so much for stopping by and having uh, some fun with us. And we'll have to do this again during football season when we actually have games to talk about and not singing competitions. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode recapping the MLB trade deadline, much to Peyton's dismay. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.